Hey everybody, this is Mark Richards, the owner of Wasatch Recovery and a proud sponsor of Todd Sylvester's BeliefCast. We are excited to have you join us as we discuss Wasatch Recovery's unique treatment programs for overcoming addictions and techniques for developing a healthier lifestyle. We call this the Wasatch Way. Wasatch Recovery's goal is to instill hope, teach resilience, and help you achieve recovery. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Wasatch Way. I am joined with some amazing people right now, and I'm going to go around the room. we got Christian Smith. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for being here. we got Corey Markasich. Hello. Mark Richards. And Brian Decker, who goes by Decker. Um, Wasatch Way is something we've done in the past a lot. It's been, been very effective. We've had a lot of good feedback, and I'm grateful to have these guys. I'm grateful to rub shoulders with you guys. And uh, we're going to talk about something that's kind of, I don't know, hard to talk about maybe sometimes with people. We're going to talk about religion versus spirituality. We get this a lot in treatment where people come in and they almost want to avoid us if we're religious. Or, you know, people always say they're spiritual too. And it's funny, I'll ask, so how much time do you spend on your spirituality? And they usually say, well, nothing. (laughs) So they just say that they are. So it's just interesting. the takes that we get from our clients that come in here. You guys who are on the, you know, front lines trying to get people in here, you probably hear, you know, you know, the I guess the mindsets of people who don't want to have any of that when they come to treatment or that's what they're looking for. So here we are today. We're gonna to talk about that. And so guys, what do you guys think? Let's 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 get talking. Uh, get the mic, Decker. One of the things Decker and I take the calls more than most. Is that fair? <laughs> Sounds like you're trying to cheat your own. No, home. that was I should have said that. But he can edit <laughs> that. But we take calls a lot, and and oftentimes, at least Decker, for me, it's not uncommon for the question to come out quickly. Are you guys faith based? And uh, typically, when that question is asked, I would wager eight to nine out of ten times, it's someone not wanting to be a faith associated with a faith faith based program. What, you you have that, Decker? Oh yeah. And I think it's pretty common too, like when people kind of get to that spot that they need to come to treatment, you know, I think they've kind of lost sight of some of, you know, their spirit, spirituality or their religion or whatever it is, because you kind of get to that dark place when, you know, some might say that that's when you need it the most, right? Okay, this all started at the topic kind of was thrown out yesterday. And, and as I pondered it through the, through the day yesterday and the night, I'm reminded of a gal that we all know who's known throughout the country in our industry and resides here, Laura McBride. And some years ago, Laura and I were talking about the role of faith in treatment. And I notice I used the word treatment. And she quickly shut me down and said, uh, at that time I was affiliated with a faith-based program that's local. And she quickly shut me down and, and said, there. There, there is not such a thing as faith-based treatment. And so we started talking, and here's what I, I came from that. I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts. When she said the word treatment, I didn't really hear it because I do think there's a place for the road to being recovered in, in utilizing a, the, the, what do they call it in the research, um, community morale type of deal, which would include faith. But what I think we do in treatment is religion is not, faith is not in treatment. It's a great way for many people to maintain a recovery on the road to being recovered. What what do we think about that? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think that you have to figure out, well, what is spirituality and what's religion? Because they are different, mm-hmm. they are. You know, I in in the assessments that we do, there's a section that comes to that, and the, and the first question is, are you religious, or or it says, do you are you affiliated with any religion? Ninety yeah. percent of the time, when I ask that question, they say no, and it's an immediate no, like it's a <laughs> no, and and I just say okay, and then the very next question is do you consider yourself spiritual? 
and 90% of the time they say yes. <laughs> and, and it's more of a, I even sometimes get a smile or they get emotional or you, there's just a difference. So I think, I mean, I'm curious to even see what you guys think. Like what, what's the difference? Because I know what I think, but I don't know. What do you think? Different. I think first of all, just, just, going to the way Wasatch does treatment, you know, we're somewhat of a holistic program. And so we're often talking about our mind, our body and our spirit. So if we're not congruent with our mind and our body and our spirit, if we're missing one of those pieces of that triangle, if you want to call it that, um, we're missing out on something. And so, yeah, if we go to the concept of religion versus the concept of spirituality, I think like Decker said, a lot of people are in a dark space when they first come into treatment. Um, and if you just take the next step of your two questions, Corey, do you believe in God might be the next question. And a lot of them at this point go, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, I believe in God, but it might not be your God or it might be, so there's so many different ways to view, I think, going towards the spirituality piece, you know, when it comes to God and what they believe. But obviously religion is organized, it's structured, it's something that is directed towards a specific purpose for that particular religion, if you want to call it that, I guess. Mm -hmm. I agree. I, I, that's exactly how I view it because I, I grew up, you know, a, a specific religion. I grew up LDS and that was kind of how my view of religion was, was kind of molded as I got older and learned of other religions. Actually, my, my family, my, my dad was a convert to the LDS faith. And so I had a lot of Catholic kind of education as a kid. And so I, I knew there was other things, other organizations out there, but it was interesting to me that they all kind of led to God and had their own little kind of flavors on it. But I think I was lucky, you know, growing up that I, I, I didn't know it at the time, but I was taught what spirituality was. And so later in life, you know, looking at things and learning things, it, it helped because it is religion is an organized thing. And I don't think, you know, I'm not here to say one's better than the other. One, you know, fits other people. But spirituality fits them all. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I hear a lot, too, like clients that come through here, they're, yeah, I'm not religious at all, but I'm, I'm spiritual. What I, what I find a lot is, well, when I ask them, well, how much time do you spend, you know, on your, your spirituality aspect of, of what you believe? And, and, and typically it's like not much. And I think it's almost their way – to say I'm, I'm, I'm going to avoid religion because yeah. they don't like the structure. They don't like the, and structure saved my life, <laughs> mm -hmm. to be honest. Uh, and you guys are probably in that same boat. If it wasn't for the structure of religion when I was getting clean from my addictions, I'd be dead. Um, and so I'm grateful for that structure. And I think as you as you grow through this, and I think it's a gro it's a growth that spirituality is also a big part of it like you said Corey I think it's when my when my spirit or soul or light connects with yours when I can connect with you Corey and we've done this and I've done this with everyone in this room but when we connect one-on-one -on -one, that to me is what spirituality feels like and I, I think you get that in religion but you get it even outside of religion mm -hmm. if you will and I think connecting in that way is when I can say, yeah, this is what it feels like to be spiritual. We had a client in house one, this was about a year ago, and he shared this in group and I put it to my memory because I was so profound. And this kind of summed it up for me. He said, I tried to find myself, myself I could not see. I tried to find my God, my God eluded me. I tried to find my brother, I found all three. And I think when we find each other, or in other words, I mean, Many of you in this room have helped me in my dark times, in, in Corey recently even. Um, that's when I f f like found all three, if you will, in those moments that we had together, right? And I, that's the way I look at spirituality is when I'm connecting on that kind of a level, right? Whether I'm in a structured 
religion yep. or if I'm just sitting here talking to you on the couch. I don't know. What do you guys think of that? It, my thoughts are when, when we get clients come in here, the vast majority of them are spiritually bankrupt, mm -hmm. which makes sense to your point, Corey, that, oh, yeah, I don't want anything to do with the religion. And I think a large part of that is because, at least in the culture that we live in, and, and, and those that are listening, all five of us here are active members of the predominant religion. And I mean active. Yet most of us in this room, if not all of us, have been to that place where we were spiritually bankrupt and partially because we confused religion and spirituality. And that's something Corey talked about a little bit. We, we've confused that to think those are the same thing. And, uh, and I think we've all learned, and I would advocate that they're not. They're totally different. The spirituality that I really long for and I need, without offending anyone, Dad, um, I don't find it in a church building. <laughs> in fact, sometimes I go to that church building and find resentment. Oh, you're in trouble. Um, He's in deep trouble now. Yeah, Dad's going to get me for this. <laughs> what do you think, Decker? <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I'm not going to touch on that because I don't want my mom to hate me either. <laughs> so, uh, in my experience, you know, coming in through Wasatch eight and a half years ago, right, I, I was religious, right, but always striving for perfection that wasn't attainable, right? And what's crazy is when you get to that point, you know, of using drugs or alcohol, right? You got this fog where I think it's a little bit harder to give and receive love and, you know, emotions and stuff like that. And, you know, when, when I was in treatment, that's when I really, it was heavy, right? And I was hitting my knees more than ever, you know, and, and then I had this new um, clarity on what spirituality is and love. You guys can't, you're not here in the room. Um, I've worked here for over two years, and I can count on one hand how many times I've seen Ryan Decker uh, tear up and, and become vulnerable. I know he is. I know that's his heart. But uh, I, I, I say that so that those listening can understand what he just said, the conviction he has to it. How and, and, you need and to this out is, him. And to me, <laughs> yeah, and to me, this is the spirituality that yeah. we're referring to. I just felt it when Decker just said what he said and the way he said it and to see his emotion in it. That's, I just felt, if you will, we just had a God experience. I'm just going to be honest and people might go, what? That's what it's about. And we just, we, we're not in church now. We're just in this teeny little office and we just had this experience thanks to Ryan and being vulnerable and, um, but that, to me, is the essence of spirituality. There, there's a, a you ever heard, um, is it Miller? Lisa Miller. There's a woman named Lisa Miller, and she's been on several podcasts. She's written a book called The Awakened Mind or something like that. Yeah. You heard of it? Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> she, she's this, this woman, that, this professor, that has done all this research on spirituality and it was kind of by accident like she was a psychologist if I remember right and she was trying to do some research on depression and it spilled into is that right was it Lisa yeah, Miller she's, uh, she's the uh, best time uh, best-selling author of the spiritual child and the awakening yeah, brain the awakened, awakened brain that's what it was called so she but she her first initial thing was depression. It was like, I got to figure out how depression works. And, and I think if I remember right, even she had a little taste of it in, in her life. And it led her down this path of scientific research. Okay. This was like MRIs and all this like stuff that you can see on a computer. And she fell into spirituality and it even made her like, Oh my heck, I can't deny this. And they could see brains that where people that had spirituality and we're not talking religion. She, she does a very good job in, in her stuff where she's like, Hey, religion can be part of it, but spirituality can be a, a walk in the woods. It can be what we have just now. It can be going to church. It can be whatever it is, but they, they literally can see, and you can look this up because I didn't believe it either until I saw it myself, <laughs> but the, the pieces of the brain that, that where we reason and where we feel and different things in depression, it, it kind of atrophies. Yeah. So it, it's, it's weaker. It's not there. And people that 
said I have spirituality and I practice spirituality, it's strong. And and I can't remember the numbers, you'll have to look it up. But it's this huge astronomical rate that if you have spirituality, depression, I'm not saying that it cures it, but it helps it. It, it definitely helps it. I think talking about what Decker said was very important. To be vulnerable is to to feel that spirituality. If you're mm-hmm. not vulnerable, it's hard to feel that spirituality that we're talking about. And it can be anywhere at any time, just like we felt here. Um, I know that all of us have our own passions and everybody out there has a passion for something. So I look around this room and, you know, Decker being the hunter that he is gets up on the mountain and the sun comes up and it's, there's something spiritual about that. And all of a sudden you see this huge elk and now you're, now you're going, okay, this is what it's all about. (laughs) And you feel like you're almost in heaven Mm -hmm. in a sense, if you want to call it that. And you know, yeah, I mean, we're standing on a tee box at Pebble beach, you know, if you're a golfer and you look at that first tee and you feel the little mist coming off of the ocean and you're sitting there going, okay, this is spiritual. This is amazing right now. And I had the opportunity to do family night the other night and just talking about gratitude. Gratitude is humility, is vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you see that and you go, this is spiritual, you're feeling that gratitude of where you are in that moment. And I think that's so important for people to remember is just, yeah, you can have that spirituality and it doesn't matter where or when or how. And when you feel it, you have to be vulnerable enough to recognize it. And that's so important to recognize that. And I think that's where going into your statement about is religion or spirituality treatment. If you don't recognize it, you're never going to grow from it. So I, I want to contradict Laura a little bit, and I love Laura, <laughs> but there's something to say about treatment. Yes, you, it's not therapy upstairs with our therapists, but there's something to say, I recognize this, and I acknowledge this, and I'm grateful for this, and bam, there's something that that does to heal you. And so I do think it can be a part of treatment in our industry. I yeah. think she might be, I mean, we might be battling over semantics here. Sure. Because I think what she was, at least I interpret what she was saying was treatment is on the clinical side. Sure. That, 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 that faith is really not treatment, but it is clearly uh, in the process of finding recovery. Absolutely. I mean, any, anyone that's, and the 12 steps yeah. and i was just going right. to go there too is right. is yeah. you know another question we get asked really quick is are you a 12-step facility and so many people want to associate the 12-step program with religion i believe yeah. and it, in a way it is its own religion yeah. it, it's very structured mm-hmm. you're doing it their way whatever that way is you know it's 12 specific steps and we've found that it's been around for 50 or 60 years something's working yeah. with it yeah uh, and i want to I, this is a great conversation i want to go back christian when you were at the darkest moment of your life someone called you up if i remember and said they loved you yes is that am I, I got that right yes and that word i love you did something to you yeah. and we had a we had another we did this before where we talked about how god is love and right remember that and, and i'm telling you that one was amazing and, and, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is about the treatment side is when someone feels love, like what you said, you know, how the, those parts of the brain atrophy, but when you start feeling this connection and this love and this, it starts to expand. Close. I mean, that's healing. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you believe. How many times have we seen people here? I just felt loved here. Mm-hmm. And that love is the biggest thing that helped me in my recovery. It's why I'm where I'm at today. And we can, we can pin it to anything, but I think God is love. It not, you know, and religion tries to perpetuate that love through that, you know. And so there's a beautiful quote by Ganilia Norris that goes like this. Within each of us, there is a silence as vast as the universe. And when we experience that silence, we remember who we are. 
And in that moment, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Christian, I want to put, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. When you, when he said, I love you, it was almost like a flash of you remembered who you were. It might've been a split second. It might've been 10 minutes. It might, whatever, but it did something to you. Do you mind sharing just a little bit about what happened there? Yeah, that was at the, that was the final catalytic event that changed my life. Uh, there were probably five, maybe six catalytic events. That was the final one. And I can tell you exactly what day it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was February 4th, 2010, when I just had finishing up a bender, the last bender, a relapse that lasted 10 days after 83 days of residential treatment. And uh, there's no more dope. There's no more way to get dope. And I check uh, voicemail. It's full. And uh, um, my friend now, then counselor, crazy Jason Webb, um, left a lot of messages uh, the beginning of the week. It's I'm worried. Call me. Crescendo to the middle of the week of this is ridiculous. Call me. But that last message that you alluded to, Todd, it, and I, it, I'll forever be imprinted in my brain, went like this. Christian, it's Jason. Have I told you I love you lately? That was the entirety of the message. And now I've never put it together, Todd, like you just said. I just knew at the moment when I heard that message, I didn't feel judged. And uh, there was a connection there. And it gave me enough courage to pick up the phone and say, I'm not in a good place. So I, th I think what you said makes perfect sense that here I am spiritually bankrupt longing for longing for connection slash love and it came to me in a brief moment in the form of a very very short voicemail i, I think something else you said Corey and mark i do believe most of our clients come in spiritually bankrupt and to to mark your point of treatment and and spirituality I think I'm messing with words and no offense to Laura. Or anything. I love Laura. I just love to, I love to just throw out the uh, opposite. She of probably wouldn't listen to this, but she, now it's going to find her. Yeah, I hope it finds you, Laura. <laughs> yeah, she to now she's going to find this one. But it makes sense. The spiritual part is a natural progression in the treatment. When we have somebody come in spiritually bankrupt, maybe even agnostic atheist or at least angry at God. Yeah. Uh, and then we, we, the Wasatch Way is a freaking wonderful way of love. We, we are client-centered. We, we exude as much love. Nobody, no treatment program in this country exudes more love than Wasatch Recovery. And so clients feel that. And that is the road to finding spirituality. And, and then if somebody wants to, in my opinion, wants to take, okay, I got spirituality, and then move over and combine their spirituality with attending a building, God bless them. If that, that I mean, that's what many of us do. I do that. I won't speak I for you, anybody, but I do that now. Well, and I, I think like what Mark was just saying, I think some, some of them find that in the 12 steps or AA slash AA, right? Because it is like a religion. It's very organized. It's, it's got, you know, parameter. I mean, but it is based around God, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I do know that's where some people get hung up with it. But even in the big book, there's a chapter <laughs> for the agnostic, agnostic. right? Yeah. And, and so, but it is. I know that <clears throat> 12 Steps with me, like when I was first learning, that was kind of what I was exposed to. And, and it helped me. And I think probably because I had a, a background in religion and it helped me like, oh, okay, so I can, th th there is hope, right? I mean, I think that spirituality a religion, whatever you want to do, like it gives you hope. Well, it's, I love that you guys both just said, because this is the Wasatch way, uh, when Jeff and I were starting this program, uh, we knew nothing. We knew nothing of the industry. We knew nothing. But we're kind of lovable guys. And when we started, we very specifically said, what do these people need? And all we came up with was hope and love and we'll be successful. And because we knew that most of these people at this point have lost hope. And then a lot of them have burned every bridge in their life and they need some love. They need a third party to continue to love them mm -hmm. because it's difficult at this point. 
with families and friends and all these things. So it's, it's great that you two just said that because that's exactly <laughs> what we started this program about is just hope and love. And we, and we put that right in our, you know, mission statement and that was it. That's all, that's all this program is based on. When, hope I, and love. when I answer that question, when I was telling you about the, the two questions with the assessment, and the first is religion, no. The second, second is spirituality, and they're like, oh, heck yeah. How I always follow it up is, okay, great, because that means you have some hope. Yeah. And, and if, if I don't care what you believe in. I don't care if it's the tree is your spirituality right now. It gives you some hope, because if you believe in something bigger than you, then you have hope. Otherwise, it's a very scary world to be in well, you, and that's a, you have to believe in something greater than yourself whatever higher power it is right we always say okay the doorknob whatever but you, you have to because half of us in this room shouldn't even be here nope right like clearly there's something greater that's kind of helping us kind of navigate through these hard times because you know there is a lot of people that don't make it we are the lucky ones and i know it's you know family and friends you know battling to try to get you to get help when you can't see you actually need it is a ton but clearly it's not by chance that we've made it this far i agree i mean every, every person in this room i think most people out in the world yeah can say there's been times in my life where i shouldn't be here yeah and we're still here yeah and so i often say that to my addicts you know they're they shouldn't be here yeah. Most of them at this point, yeah. and you know, overdoses and whatever, uh, seizures and you name it, and uh, they shouldn't be here. Yeah. So I, I, I think that goes to the next point of spirituality, and and that is purpose. Yeah, it, is it creates a purpose. Yeah. So we got to find purpose in this world, and if we don't have any purpose, we float, yeah. and it takes away our ambition and it takes away our or want to be better yeah. if we have zero purpose. And that's what I love about spirituality Yeah, is it creates the purpose. Well, and can I add to that? And sorry, I'm throwing out all these quotes. I like it. I like <laughs> but, it. But We're there's a quote. Googling by, them as yeah. he's just sitting here. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, you <not>. Bastard. Gotta <laughs> um, <laughs> edit that. There's, yep. a, uh, there's a quote by Pablo Picasso that says, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. And honestly, you think about, you just said it, Decker, that most of us, if not all of us in this room, should not be here. And it was because someone gave away their gift to us, if you will. Someone left a voicemail. I know there's been people in your lives, Corey, that saved your life. Same with you, Mark, the stuff that you've been through. Decker, oh my goodness. You're, you're the one guy in this room that's actually been through Wasatch. And, and, and you have experienced what Mark said, the love and the hope firsthand. And I, I'll tell you, that to me is the gift that people are giving away. And I'll be honest with you, this is a good reminder for me today. Because, I, I mean, I've been, on August 5th, which is coming up, I'll be 34 years clean. Congratulations. Which is, yeah, which is amazing. But I tend to forget that I sh the, the gratitude of I, I shouldn't be here. And, and that God and... and structure and spirituality all of that love saved my life and i'm grateful for that so it's a great reminder and i look at decker here and to see that where he was seven years ago seven and a half years is it eight now wow eight years know, clean right? decker um christian you've been clean how long now 14 yeah and Corey, 24 hours Oh, way to go, Corey. Wow, well, we, we're going to do a new episode here. Uh, 18 years. 18 years, you know, and think about that in this room, how cool that is that we, and now we're giving away the things that we've learned to these people who come in, usually at day one with no hope and no love and no, anyway, I just, so I just want to say a, how grateful I am I, for all this. Thank you, Todd. I have a question on that. <clears throat> Makes me think. And I'm just going to ask you guys. So when, when the world's falling apart and everything was crappy, we've all been there. What did you guys do? I, I just want to know. Like, when everything was falling apart, what happened? Who'd you reach out to? What, what, what happened? Hold on. Are you asking, when you say falling apart, what do you mean? Like In our when, when you had no hope. Yeah. <clears throat> That's the lowest point. Not necessarily okay. just addiction. I'm just saying life. Like, when you had no hope. Yeah, lowest point. What were you doing? I'm not saying what got you there. I'm saying what were you doing to... 
change. For, I'll go. I'll go, go ahead. Go I'll ahead. Just real quick. For me, it was it, honestly on my knees praying and asking for help. And I honestly, for those who don't know my story, I'm praying to someone that I hope was there. I wasn't raised religious. I didn't know anything. And I thought, this is my last ditch effort. I'm going to give this a shot. And so it was in that moment of just, this is it. I'm either doing this or I'm killing myself. And that's when my life changed. It was when I literally got on my knees and said, God, if you're there, I need help. That's what I did in my darkest moment. Uh, I was going to say I'm the I'm the one guy in the room that uh, hasn't really suffered from addiction, but I have been hopeless. And uh, in the last couple of years, I've had some struggles in in just my own personal life, and just being vulnerable with myself more than anything. You know, I'm very critical of of my own self and who I am. And uh, I'll be honest, I I turn to you guys because I look at what you guys have done in your lives and the success that you've had. And I think oftentimes we don't want that praise or we don't necessarily believe that, but I look at you guys as very, very successful people. And when, when I'm hopeless, all I have to do is walk into work and come and talk to you guys and say, hey, I need some help. Because it does, it, it, it reminds me because I've watched what you guys have gone through or have heard what you guys have gone through. And then it makes me realize, you know what, I can get through my stuff a whole lot easier than what they, they did. Uh, but your guys' advice alone is, is so incredible. And then again, you know, uh, going to the spiritual side of it, I always, I, I try and always say my prayers. I shouldn't be here on this earth, you know, I should have died of an aneurysm. And every day I try and recognize something and tell my Heavenly Father that, I'm grateful to be alive today. Help me to do something today to affect somebody in a positive way because I'm here. I'm still here, you know. I, I honestly think that um, the reason that I was spared, if you will, or had to go through those trials wasn't necessarily for me. It was to help other people, right, to not screw up my kids, to help my kids, you know, navigate this crazy world we're living in now but also to, to help other people so they don't have to go through what we did. I mean, it is a crazy job that we get paid to help people. And, and I got enough love to give. You know what I mean? Like everybody says, well, you know, why do you say love so much? Because legit, I, I love you guys, right? If you've gone through what I've gone through, or even a fraction, you know, bring it in. Give me a hug, bro. Let's, let's, let's figure this out. You know, but... Uh, yeah, it's the classic, we'll love you till you can love yourself. And, yeah. I th and I think, you know, when I was here, it was it was huge to have Mark and Jeff and Todd um, because here's some strangers that legitimately could see in me what I couldn't see in myself, right? Your family, your family always saw it, right? Always knew the potential, right? But it's almost like being a coach of a 13-year-old, right? You tell your kid w what they need to do, they don't hear you. You tell somebody else to tell them, also, I'm like, oh, that totally makes sense. Sometimes I need to hear it from a third party, like, this is your potential, bro. Like, this is how, this is what you need to do to get where you want to go. I mean, it's. Beautifully said. Corey, Christian? I, I'm just pondering your question, Corey. And do you need me to say it again? I know you're old. No, no, I, I got the question. <laughs> because there's a, there's a little bit of a pattern here, and it is, it's, it's back to love and connection. And I remember, because my mind went to two places real fast. One was out in the desert at a low point with a embarrassingly poor way of attempting to take my life. I remember going out there thinking, uh, I'm, this praying thing's not working, God, so we're going to have a face-to-face. -face. I'll be right there. Well, that didn't work out. But the last time, the lowest point, I was down at the block uh, behind a dumpster that was enclosed. You know, the business have enclosures around the dumpster with a crack pipe in my hand and no crack and uh, screamed to the heavens uh, somewhere around 2 in the morning, where are you, God? And as I heard others, I, I thought, I'm not sure what the purpose of your question was. I hope you'll elaborate. But for me, my mind went to when we get to our lowest points, at least I and a couple others here, uh, God was one of the first places 
that we were reaching out to. What the heck, God? And it could be substituted for Todd. Love was what we were looking for, really, wasn't it? Totally. Absolutely. Actually, that I was hoping that was the way it was going to go, because if it didn't, I didn't know what I was going to (laughs) say. Because for me, same. Like when I, I distinctly remember when everything hit the fan and I knew, you know, things were falling apart and I, like Mark was just saying, I hit my knees. Like it was, and I didn't have like a specific, okay, help me. I'm in trouble, blah, blah, blah. It was, I needed comfort. I needed love. And, and at the time I was pretty far from that, but it was interesting to me. And then to hear you guys too, is it it wasn't, wasn't religion. I think all of that influenced us because we were religious. We had that background, but I was not really worthy of going to that religion at the time in my mind. Right. I had kind of shamed myself and everything else, but I knew I could still pray. I knew I could still ask for help. And I knew even there was a part of me that I didn't think I deserved love. There was a part that thought, okay, I, I need something. And yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear everyone. That was a gamble. I'm glad it paid off, <laughs> but it is, you know, I think, and, and that, that's spirituality, you know, that, that is it. I mean, it doesn't have to be praying. doesn't have to be, it, it's all these things and it, it fits for you. I mean, for you, it was this situation for you. It was this situation, but really once you boil it all down, it is the same. I took your words. That's Sorry. almost like a mic drop. <laughs> almost, <laughs> right? It's almost like if we say anything else, we've ruined this thing. No. Oh, here but we go. Christian, Christian will say will something. I don't want to just. I don't want to detract from that. There we go. Uh, and I should have said this experience <laughs> later or earlier. Years ago, I'm early in recovery, um, short, briefly out of treatment, and I'm not sure what I'm going to do about religion. And I come from this really religious family, and I go to my dad, who's my hero, and uh, meet with him privately and with the intent was this is what it looked like dad i i don't think i'm going to go back to the church and i'm prepared for him to go are you out of your mind dude and and verbally accost me you know with his kind of love and instead i got uh, something along the lines of son i don't care if you ever step foot in a church building again which caught me by surprise like wait what 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 yeah. and it was dead serious no sarcasm and then he followed it up by saying, what I do care is that you have a relationship with Christ. And uh, I will never forgive that because that gave me freedom to, you're serious, Dad? I don't have to go to church? And that's when I started to figure out the difference between religion and spirituality. And, and since then, I've obviously chosen to incorporate those two things. But I loved a wise dad who, who said those words of, I don't care if you go to a building ever again. What I do hope and care is that you have a relationship with what he knew was the God of my understanding, Jesus Christ. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and, he, and what Mark was saying with me is I go to the mountains, no cell phones, no distractions, just family and just peace. And I think, I'm, you know, a lot of times when I was going through my darkest moments, I remember sitting in a hospital bed after an ambulance right after a seizure tears rolling out of my eyes just asking for help right because clearly nobody else could help me right and there's something not right with me for sure but when i'm on a mountain it's almost like i'm closer to you know my dad that passed away grandparents it's it's more like a a spirituality which i don't think it's like when you say it doesn't have to happen in a building I honestly have my most spiritual moments when I'm alone or with family away on a mountain, right? And and I did. I had to find my own spirituality. And, you know, I, I went to the churches, tried to find it. And then until I got clear-headed enough to really start finding my own testimony, if you will, right? You know, that's that's when things got, uh, got good. And, yeah, I'm not perfect. I'm not even close close to perfect nor will i ever be but i don't need to be right i got i got my relationship with my higher power and 
it is what it is and I've been through hard stuff and things are good and it's like you know being present in the moment I think you can really start to understand spirituality right a lot of times with the chaos of the world we we aren't present right and another thing that with spirituality is giving it away like Todd taught me all those years ago is you know give it away give it away and when I'm doing service that's when I uh I feel the best, right? spiritual. It begs a good question. Um, Beautifully said, by the way, Dick. Thanks. Where do where, uh, I'll go? I'll start, and then go around. Corey, Mark, and Decker. You already said I'll follow up with you, and then Todd finish it off. Where, where do we find our spirituality? Decker, on the mountaintop. I noticed on the mountaintop sometimes alone, but you mentioned with family mm-hmm. and connection, and and uh, I find my spirituality. Uh, also on in the mountains at fishing typically with family but i also find it looking in the eyes of uh, of some grandkids who have no judgment you know they just love their gramps they just love him and uh, and that's where the heavens can say i know who you are christian i know the struggles you go through and you matter to me Corey. I have, I was thinking, there's three actually. One, mountains. <laughs> when I need to reconnect and I'm just stressed and whatever is going on, I just go into the mountains on, on, on a trail run and with no miles in mind, no, it's just go. And and to pair that, which is the other one, is, is with music. Like, And I don't specifically choose music. I actually... It, kind of weird even some of my family teases me about this but i'll just put something on shuffle or whatever and just kind of be like hey what do i need to hear and blows me away and it's not always the best music (laughs) it's just all of a sudden i'll hear like some a lyric some lyrics of something and i'm like holy crap like that i hate when that works that well and and sometimes i'm telling you it's not always the best music but i'll hear something i'm like oh that's pretty good but the other one is, is is with my kids, you know, and it's funny that that is something because and it's not like I just hang out with them and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm transcendent, you know, to the heavens. But I mean, whether it's just hanging out with them or boating with them or being with them, I kind of step back and I'm like, this is awesome. Like, it's fun, yeah. you know, and and and, and not, not just my kids, my family, you know, I have. My wife, my two kids, and my family. So we have this little kind of pot of four. And we're pretty crazy. We've got a lot going on in our lives. But when there's times where we're just kind of hanging out, like boating or anything, you know, it, it's pretty cool. Like I kind of just take a step back and be like, this is what it's about. And that that's when I feel connected. You know, and I'm not like, don't get these like answers of this is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> but I do feel comfort. You know, and I that's and that's what I feel is kind of my my spirituality and and God, you know, that's yeah. that's him speaking to me. Yeah. When I pray and ask for things, it's not like I get this yes, do this, turn left, turn right, you know. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to like joke about that, like, okay, if he knows that I'm walking down the street, I'm gonna go left, I'm going right. Like that was my brain. That's exactly how yeah. I did things. Yeah. And so when I would ask, I can see that (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to trick him. And so I didn't like that. Right. I didn't like the planned out. Everything was this way. And as I have matured and learned, you know, that's not it. We, We get to choose. And when I ask for things, I don't get the answer of yes, do this. It's more of a comfort of, well, do what you need to do and I'll be there, which sometimes sucks, but it's the way that it works. My spirituality, uh, it comes from my family also. That's probably my cliche answer, you know, from my and my grandkids. Um, that's where a lot of purpose is set in my life. But I'll be honest, this is, this is spiritual to me, sitting here with you guys, coming yeah, to work, sure. being able to work with people who as we can hear from this conversation, how important families are in this part of the world, how important spam or spirituality is in this world, uh, to be able to come and serve people, to be able to 
help them repair those relationships that are so vitally important for us in our own spirituality is spiritual to me. And uh, I value that. I value that every single day. I really do. And, uh, and then lastly, just when I get on my knees and pray, that's, that's very spiritual for me. That's a good moment for me. Love it. Beautifully said. Anything you want to add to what you said, Deck? Yeah. So great question, Christian. Um, I mean, without fail, it's always when I see my grandchildren because they remind me of who I am and, and what I have forgotten. And, you know, even my own children, you know, they say if your children want to hang out with you when, when they're older, that is true success. And I'm grateful my kids at this point still want to hang out with dad. <laughs> And I really do, that's where I feel spiritual and the connection with God, like Corey was mentioning. But if I'm getting more personal, <clears throat> I like to do a lot of uh, really difficult things. <clears throat> I was told once that if you do something really difficult, that... Like, if, like, for instance, if you did something for like six hours that is just the most brutal thing and difficult thing, but it's, you know, it's a good thing, um, it's, it's worth like a year's worth of therapy. <laughs> and so I love pushing myself and signing up for some crazy stuff and pushing myself to the limits. And the, the, the gifts that I've gained from doing stuff, stuff like that, and, and many of you have done similar things in here in, in this room, um, that's where I find it. That's where I find answers to my problems. That's where I find that it's a reminder that I am good enough. <clears throat> and <clears throat> I may not know it in the moment. There was times where I was doing something really difficult just recently. And I was wondering, why did I do this? <laughs> but it was a few days later where I felt this overwhelming rush of gratitude and connection and love and that's when I was like, man, that's why I, that's why I did it. <laughs> and so I, I don't, hopefully that makes sense. I apologize. If that oh, it makes make sense. 100% sense. Cause I know what you're talking about and yeah. I've done similar things and it's, and I'll tell you, that's where it's at for me. And, <clears throat> and I signed up again and my wife was like, no, you're, I don't want you to cause you look like <laughs> hell when I saw you. And I'm like, no, that's what I need to do. And, and in the moment you always say, if I want to sign up again, don't let me. Yeah. Right? You always tell everybody that. Yeah, yeah, don't let me. <laughs> but you do it. Yeah. So if that makes sense. And then the other thing, if I wanted to just add one more, is just sitting with you guys. I mean, if you guys remember when we, at, you know, about an hour ago, you know, Decker had to get out of this office. You know, you got stuff. We got stuff going. And did you notice what happened? We have forgotten about work for a minute. For the last hour, we've been sitting here connecting with each other. It just makes me realize how much I love all of you individually. And that how beautiful this is. So, thank so you guys. Let me let me follow up with that real quick because we all talked about mountains, and I was listening to this podcast the other day. I think it was on Rich Roll podcast or one of them. And there was a guy on there, and he's done all this research on on connection and how it again with depression, addiction, and how it's the opposite. We always say that, right? Yeah, What's right. the opposite? Addiction, connection, and he he did this comparison of of aspen trees right mm -hmm. like quakey aspen and and the the resident mountain man decker in here he can help <laughs> us out with this because yeah. he's been down to this he's area the but the the largest yeah largest organism and he said it see he's the resident is is down in where like it's by boulder right yeah, it's by somewhere. somewhere anyway so aspen like you see a tree right it's not just a tree it is the whole entire, like those trees, they're all the same plant and they're, they're all coming. Yeah. So it's not just like one tree, like you got this tree over here. That's one tree. But when you see aspens, they are not just one tree. They're part of the entire grove. Mm -hmm. And that's why if you cut one down, they come back with vengeance mm -hmm. and they start sprouting up more and they rally around the one that got hurt. And he does this way of like, like showing that, we're like aspens, you know, we're all one big, huge organism. You know, we, we, we need connection. And if we don't have it, we die. 
and and same with that like they they don't have connection those trees start falling apart like all of them they'll just kind of go and they'll, they'll fade away and 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 that is us with people like i mean i think being alone not having spirituality not having hope it, you we die and and it it affects everybody and i agree man like being in here with everybody and having connection that that's why treatment works people are always like how does treatment work and you know i mean not to like disparage therapists and everything but the magic in therapy is getting in a room and connecting and being vulnerable and Absolutely. sharing thoughts and and then walking out of there like holy crap that was yeah. pretty cool yeah this was a therapy session this was therapy. for all of us yeah this is therapy right? <laughs> yeah and it's another example of the wasatch way here yeah. i know I, I was being a smarty pants there but it is people sh- you were being wish- sarcastic a little bit that's weird the uh, <laughs> if if we'd had a camera in here or anybody yeah. been in here, this was there's some there's a lot of spirits, a lot of love in this room the last hour, and it's fun to sit here and and watch, particularly watching Decker today. It's, it's been fun. You are high yeah. on the mountain right now, buddy. Yeah, that's because he's going on the mountain this weekend. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. he's he's leaving. He's already he's leaving right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's already got it pre-set up, and yeah. he's he's already there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I, we could, we could do this all day, but we do need to wrap it up. I want to thank you guys for taking some time. Again, we're, we're joined with Christian Smith, Corey Markusich, Mark Richards, and Ryan Decker. They are the core of this place, and I'm grateful to call them friends and to be able to work with them. Truly, the Wasatch Way is different. We're definitely not perfect here, but man, like Decker said, they, you feel love and hope when you get here, and that is the key. Um, Mark, maybe let me ask you just to wrap this up. If people want to reach out and get into treatment or if they have a loved one who needs help, what's the best way for them to do that? So there's numerous avenues. We obviously have a website, wasatchrecovery.com. Our contact information is on there. But uh, we always like to leave our main number here, and it's uh, 801-901-0024. And you can be expecting to talk to Decker, Christian, or myself, if you call that number. And you're always welcome to call me direct on my mobile at 801-898-7778. And uh, feel free to call anytime. If we can't accommodate somebody, we will definitely help them find the right place also. Love it. Love it. So, yeah, there you go, folks. Please reach out. If you have a loved one, right now who's struggling, I promise you, if you share this episode with them to break the ice, to even talk to them, I, mean, I don't know how this episode yeah. wouldn't soften their heart on some level. I don't know how it wouldn't. So share this episode, get it out to as many people as you can. We love you guys, we love people, we wanna help. Like Mark said, if we're not the right fit or whatever, we will find a place. That's what I love about this is we're not, we're, we want the best care for your loved one. So hope you guys know that. Thank you for tuning in. Again, guys, thanks for your time today. This is beautiful. I, I mean, what a, what a way to start off a weekend coming up. Wow. Thank you, guys. Love it. Corey, man, it's good to have you here. Thank you. You're a busy man, so thank you. Thank you. Love fun. you guys. Have a great time, and we'll talk to you soon. Uh-huh.